Pastor Joe is going to come up with the word. Let's give it up for our lead pastor, Pastor Joe. Thank you, Raina. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are we doing tonight? Are we blessed? Yes. Uh, are we blessed? Yes. Okay, we're not waiting for blessing. We're already blessed, right? Yes. Amen. So, you ready for the word? No, oh, you got real light on me that time. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Okay, because the word of God produces faith in us. Amen. Amen. The word of God increases our confidence in God Almighty. Amen. Amen. He's good. Yes. His mercy endures forever. Yes. He loves us. Yes. He wants to see us grow. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we started this message last Wednesday based on one little obscure phrase in the book of Exodus. And for those of you that were not here, I'm going to be doing a little bit of review, but I obviously can't go back and do everything. It's based on the fact that when the Israelites left Egypt to go to the promised land, the Bible tells us it was not just those who really were sold out to God. And he uses this phrase, let me see where I can find it in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 12, verse 38. You, you see those words that are highlighted in yellow? A mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks, and herds, and a great deal of livestock. This is talking about when they were at the point in time ready to leave Egypt, ready to, you know, they don't know they're going to experience uh, the crossing of, of the Red Sea, but this is, they're getting ready to leave, and the Bible tells us that Along with those that who were sold out for God, there were others also in their midst. Some of them could have been um, from different cultures, different, different ethnic groups, different uh, tribes in that area. Uh, because we know if the Egyptians had enslaved the Hebrews, if they had enslaved the Jews, the Israelites, then they probably had enslaved other groups also. Now, so we have different ethnic groups. We have different pe people maybe speaking different languages. They're coming out of Egypt with the Israelites. Now, let's take it a little bit further. Even amongst the Israelites themselves could have been what this verse is referring to, a mixed multitude. Because not everybody comes out from under the world with the intention of worshiping God Almighty, being totally sold out for God. What we're calling us is being all in. Sometimes people come out from the world, if we want to put it that way, from people are very anxious to get out from under their past, especially if your past has been hell. Now, how many could, how many would, yeah, say my past was hell? Just a few. Are you joking? I, I'm not going to ask it, raise a hand, but there, I'm sure there are people here tonight that would say, I'm not even thinking about my past. My present right now is hell. Okay. But understand this, okay? We're going to go through these scriptures. If we take an inventory within our own souls and we find that maybe, maybe I have not really been in this thing for the right reasons, then what I'm asking you is to please, for your sake, Straighten that out. Get right 
I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, believe me, I'm not up here, and trust me, I really was very, very like, I don't know if I want to even preach this message. Because I don't, I never want to cast doubt on someone's salvation. Amen. And honestly, we're really not even talking about salvation. Because you could be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and still have the wrong motives in your heart. Uh, one or two people understand what I'm saying. You can be totally, totally uh, born again. Your spirit is alive unto God. The Holy Ghost lives in you. You could be speaking in tongues and operating in all the gifts of the spirit and still have wrong motives. And I can prove that that's true because Paul wrote an entire letter to the church in the Corinthians because they were operating in all these supernatural gifts, but their hearts weren't right. So we had to teach them about love. You remember that love chapter? He had to teach. He said, what good is it that you operate in all these things, but without love, you're just making a whole lot of noise. Okay? So I feel like since it's the beginning of the year, and, and of course those calendars exist only for us, and we're used to being on these calendars, I think it's a good time, this time of the year, to kind of take inventory and recognize. And, and listen to me, the longer that you've been walking with the Lord, the more opportunity you're going to have at some point in time to maybe veer off, maybe drift away. And so this is the time. This is the season. This is an opportunity as we're going through these scriptures and talking about all this, about being all in. Please, take stock. Allow the Holy Spirit to shine the light on the inside. And, but, but ask him. See, most Christians don't understand the Holy Spirit is a gentle man. He's a, some, some Christians are like waiting, like I'll keep living the way I'm living and then you know, whatever God wants will put me up against the wall and like, no, no, God doesn't do, he's not going to do that. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Amen. So if you're waiting for that, well, when I hit rock bottom, some people never hit rock bottom. I know this is maybe not a really good way to start out this message, but I kind of want to just throw it out there right now. Please do everything you can to be here this weekend. Because this is going to kind of like launch us into the message for this weekend. And the message for this weekend is going to launch us into what I believe the Holy Spirit has given us as a congregation here direction for this, this new year. Okay? But I will borrow this from my notes this weekend. The season, everybody wants to know where we're at right now. You, obviously, you came here tonight. It's Wednesday night. This is like you don't get extra credit. <laughs> you're here because you, you're, I, I'm, I'm, I want to believe, and I believe I'm correct, that the good majority of us are here tonight because you're hungry for the Word. Amen. Because you recognize that the Word of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is the, mechan of, the mechanism of change that God has uh, made available to us. Amen. You're not going to change because of your willpower. You're not going to change because you know, you're going to say the same thing over and over again. And you're gonna, you know, you're gonna make positive thoughts. I love people with their positive thoughts. That doesn't change anybody. What transforms us is the Word of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you and I make sure that we are feeding ourselves with. Amen. The season that you and I are in right now, this is for for 
the body of Christ at large. Most churches don't want to talk about it. I believe we'd be negligent without, if we, if we neglected this subject of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what are we doing here? What are we doing? We are in this season right now. Whether you want it or whether you don't, ready or not, here I come. Okay? He's come. So our responsibility is to be ready. Not because there's a possibility of you being left behind. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is we need to be ready because there is, there is the largest segment of the population of this world still doesn't know Jesus. And if he were to come tonight to take the church, there'd be a whole lot of people be left on this earth in the most frightening, horrifying, terrible time in the history of man. That's what's on the horizon, okay? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to have you come here and me give you this sugar-coated patty cake. You're good. I'm good. Everybody's fine. Let's enjoy life, okay? There's too many people that are going to go to hell, and there's too many people going to get left behind that if they want to inherit eternal life are going to have to go through hell here on this earth. It's our responsibility to gather up as many as possible. And listen to me, you can't do that if you're not all in. The multitude that came out of Egypt, some of them came out because they were tired of getting whipped by Pharaoh's servants. It wasn't a, wow, my heart's being drawn to this God God of Israel. My heart's being drawn to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? The God of my forefathers, okay? Thank God the majority of them were thinking that, but there were some among them that were like, you guys are leaving? I'm out of here. I'm tired of of building these pyramids. I'm tired of making bricks out of mud. I'm tired of working from sunup until sundown with very little food. I'm tired of all this. And so they came out. And that happens even in the church. Now, I'm not here tonight uh, trying to point fingers. It's not my business. It's not, I have no desire to do that. Okay? But what I'm saying is, let's measure our motives. Let's take inventory. Let's stop, listen, to, can, can I say this? Let, let's stop playing games. Let's get serious about the things of God. And, and who am I talking to? The serious crowd on Wednesday night. But you see, I'm, I'm trying to operate by biblical principle because in the book of Genesis, God revealed to Noah that every seed reproduces after its own kind. So if I get you all in, there's a good chance you're going to produce other people that are all in. You see what I'm saying? Uh, Somebody came and, sh- and, and sat with me 38 years ago for two and a half hours and preached to me and taught me about Jesus. She had no idea that I was two weeks away from suicide. Had the plan all made. It was the mercy of God that sent that person. You, you, you listening to me? That sent that person to my life and, and spent that kind of time with me. In God's mercy, he felt like he should extend his grace, his love, his goodness to me. You're here, most likely. 
I would imagine the great majority of people here tonight already have experienced a new birth. You've already received Christ as Lord and Savior. God's mercy was extended toward you. Can I ask you this question? Do not the people who live in your neighborhood deserve that same mercy? Do not the people on your job, your extended family members, don't, don't, don't they deserve the same mercy? And if God wants to use you to extend that mercy, because he always uses somebody, you got to be all in. We got to be all in. We got to stop playing games. There is no more time to play games. There's no more time to make this all about us and my little kingdom and I want this and I want that and I want six cars and three houses. That's nice when you have those things. It's wonderful. But let's use our faith to reach people, to reach souls. Because that's what's going to count in eternity. Amen? Amen. So last week, we talked about a bunch of different things. I'm going to skip ahead here. God sent Moses to rescue his people, and God was very much aware of the problems they were having. God was very much aware of their sorrow. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, Surely, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. Oppression. That's the enemy's tool, is oppression. Oppression, if you look it up, can be defined as to exercise strong control over. Has anybody ever experienced that kind of stuff? Oppression, as in depression, oppression, where you feel like there's weight on you, this heavy thing on you. Um, there's something around your mind where it feels like you're constrained and you can't think clearly. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, God, God's aware of that. He understands what you've experienced and maybe what you're experiencing right now. And if you are experiencing right now, I declare in the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that that thing would come off of you, that pressure would come off of you, that, that even so, even if a God has to give you wisdom to get you to understand how you've been opening up the door for that, okay? Because you're, 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 if you're a born-again believer, you're a child of God, the enemy can't do stuff to you that you don't allow him to. But sometimes we don't even realize we're opening up the door. Anybody getting this? Yes. And so I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would show you, spirit to spirit, he would show you if there's an area in your life where you're, you're allowing the door to be open to this type of oppression. Okay, because it's not God's will for you to have that. It's God's will for us to be free. Amen? Amen. Okay, so um, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard, not only saw, he not only saw the oppression, but he heard their cry because of their taskmaster. Now, taskmaster is a slave driver. And so anything that comes into our life, anything that we expose ourselves to accidentally or without, without uh, thinking about it or something where the enemy comes against us, is always a slave driver. It drives you. It causes you to do things, think of things, say things. Uh, it causes you to kind of lose your identity and get sucked into this, this cycle of oppression. Uh, uncontrolled thoughts. Man, I'm talking to somebody tonight. Uh, not being able to sleep at night. 
Not, not just, just feeling like you don't have control of your own uh, decision making. I rebuke that thing in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that thing in the name of Jesus. It has no right to be on you. Amen? And whoever that is, you, you just take hold of that. It's probably more than one or two people. Take hold of that. Okay? You, you got this? Right, and one of the ways to take hold of it and to hold on to it is for you every time you start feeling, because, you know, the enemy tries to come back and put it on again. Yes. He even tried it with Jesus. He came back for a more opportune time after he tempted him in the wilderness. Are you listening? <laughs> so one of the best ways, you receive it by faith. Let's say this all together. I receive it by faith. It, by faith. it belongs to me. Belongs to me. Jesus, purchased my freedom on the cross. Jesus purchased my freedom on the cross. In Jesus' name. Now watch. Now you receive that. Now how are you going to hold on to it? Man, this is going in a different direction tonight. How do you hold on to it? See, because faith comes by hearing the word. But we used to say it this way. And faith stays by hearing the word. Okay? So now when, when that thing you sense is starting to come back, maybe you get a night where you're not sleeping really good. Don't sit up all night and cry. Don't sit up all night and go, oh, God, I don't know what's going on. No. Say, no, in the name of Jesus, I've already been set free from this thing. Freedom is mine. Victory belongs to me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so you go in Jesus' name. No, because the natural tendency would be to call somebody up the next point. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I was free there for a little bit, but now it seems like this thing's coming back. Of course, what do you think the devil went? All right, take your hands off of this one because she got free or he got free. They're off limits. When you're all in, doesn't mean that the attacks are going to stop. But it means you're so all in that your immediate response, not reaction, your immediate response is going to be, oh, no, no, you don't put that on me. Amen. Is it all right if I just follow my heart here? Yes. Okay, because I'm talking to somebody tonight. Okay, we'll get back to this, okay? But I preached most of this last week, okay? So if you weren't here, go listen to that message. Now, something very interesting happened in Apostle Paul's life. Now, if you follow his ministry, I'm talking about after he got born again. There's a pattern. I, I talked about this yesterday morning, I believe, in the men's Bible study. Yeah, I did. The Lord spoke to me one day, many years ago, and said, I want you to go through the book of Acts, and I want you to highlight every time Paul suffered persecution. And when you do that, you see a pattern. He goes to a village or a town or a city, Everybody turns out. Everyone's excited. People get born again. They put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And then a week later, all hell breaks loose. You see it over and over again, over and over again. Okay? And, and by the way, I don't want to get into this 100%, but that's the thorn in the flesh that he talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. Or 11 and 12. That's the thorn in the flesh. The thorn in the flesh wasn't physical disease. Say, so well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because go back and look at the Old Testament. Every time it talks about the thorn in the flesh, especially in, in, in Deuteronomy and the book of Joshua, it's referring to an enemy of Israel. Yep. It's referring to one of the tribes. It's referring to one of the nations that were enemies with Israel. Yep. God said, if you don't eliminate them, they're going to be 
thorns in your, uh, in your side and uh, something in your eyes. I forget exactly how the wording goes. And so you could see the Bible always interprets itself. So a thorn in the flesh in the New Testament, you go back to the Old Testament and you find out what it was. Well, what was the thorn in the flesh? Paul's thorn in the flesh was every time he went to a city, the same thing happened again. And he said, I beseech the Lord, how many times? Three times. And Jesus said to him, what? My grace is sufficient for you. What was he saying? Paul, go preach. Don't worry about this stuff happening. I got your back. And until you're done, nothing's going to be able to happen to you. Okay, now he got, up, he got beat up a few times, right? Got dragged out of a city, dead. They got, the disciples get around him. What happens? He raises from the dead. What does he do? Goes right back into the same city. Go read it. So, and then Paul comes to Jerusalem. And what are we talking about? We're talking about oppression that tries to come from the enemy. Should you just roll over and play dead? Or should you fight? Okay? Do you have rights as a Christian? Yes. Yeah. In the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about here in the natural. I'm talking about in the kingdom. Do we have benefits and promises from God yes. concerning us? Okay. So, so Paul gets arrested because a riot breaks out in the temple. The Romans drag him up the steps to the fortress Antonia, which we're told was right next to the temple. They could actually see into the temple compound from this Roman fortress there. And they're getting ready to beat him. And watch what he does. He says to them, is it legal for you to, to beat a Roman citizen? And when he said that, I could picture the, the guy who's getting ready to whip him, drop the whip and go, what did you just say? He said, is it legal for you to beat a Roman citizen, which the answer is no. So, well, Pastor, what has it got to do with us? You're a citizen of heaven. With all the rights and privileges of a citizen of heaven, it is not legal for the enemy to put oppression on you. It is not legal for the enemy. Why? Because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Are you listening? So you fight. You, you command the enemy to come off of that or come off of you. You command the enemy to cease this operation against your life. Why? It's not legal. The blood of Jesus purchased you. Now, if you sit there with your mouth shut, the devil's going to beat you up. Well, that, that's not right, Pastor. He's not supposed to do that. People are not supposed to rob banks either, but they do it all the time if they can get away with it. You have to rise up in your authority. You have to rise up in who you are. Amen. And sometimes God will put you in a position where you can't run to somebody else and have them pray for you. Amen. Your mountain has got to hear your voice. Amen. But you see, if, you're not, if you have not, no guilt or condemnation here, just fact. If you have not been living all in you're probably, that's going to be the last thought on your mind is to stand up to the devil because you think, well, yeah, I've been messing up lately. I really haven't been living right. And so, yeah, I guess God's handed me over to the enemy. No, no, no. You're listening to lies because you're not living all in. You're living like the mixed multitude. Now, I would imagine some of those mixed multitude 
once they got on the journey towards the promised land, some of them probably got sold out for God. Some of them, when they saw the miracles, when they saw the manna that, 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 that appeared every morning, when they saw the victories that God gave them, I would imagine some of them became all-in believers. But we've got to guard our hearts. We live in a world and live in a society right now that bombards us continuously with every opportunity to draw back. With every opportunity to, to not stay on fire, but to get, to get lukewarm. So he said, I know their sorrows, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now remember from the last series, Egypt always represents the world. Thank you. A couple of people here, one person here. Egypt always represents the world. Pharaoh always represents Satan. The Red Sea always represents our born-again experience, coming out of Egypt, coming out of the world, and being baptized into Christ. You listening? The promised land is not heaven. The promised land is our life here on the earth. Because in heaven... There's no giants, there's no walls, there's no enemies, they're here. You listening? You got this? So, wow, I just realized this. So 40 years later, 40 years after they come out of Egypt, there's a whole new generation there. The sons and daughters of the ones who died in the wilderness. And it's unfortunate that out of all of those millions, only two people, even Moses didn't make it, only two people. What were their names? Joshua Joshua and who? Caleb. Caleb. Bulldog, Caleb. Okay. They now proceed into the promised land with the children of the ones who said it would have been better for us to die in Egypt. Their hearts were still there. Their hearts were still there. Some of us need to watch our thoughts. Because although our spirit's born again, our soul sometimes still craves Egypt. And that's why, of course, nobody in here would do this. That's why you have somebody go out on Saturday night and do all kinds of ungodly stuff and then show up here Sunday morning. All you're ready to worship God. And, and honestly, that's better than nothing. But what I'm saying is, check that maybe your heart might still be in Egypt. And listen, when your heart is in Egypt, you'll romanticize your past. They did it. On a number of occasions, they came to Moses and said, oh man, we used to eat onions and garlic in Egypt and the melons and all this other stuff. What did they do? They romanticized their past. They, they didn't say we were dying there. We were like skeletons. We hardly got anything to eat. We had to work day and night. Uh, horrible conditions. What happened? They started to romanticize. If you find yourself romanticizing your life before you came to Christ, that's a good indication that you need to really take some inventory there. Okay, let me just say this to you, and you know this, there were no good old days. There were, oh, the good old days. What good old days? 
When you were in the years that you claimed were good old days, you were miserable. You hated the life that you had. Nothing was going good for you. And yet now, 10, 20, 30 years later, oh, the good old days. What good old days? The good new days is what we should be talking about. The days that are up ahead, because the truth is, the best days for the church are in front of us. But that's why we got to be all in. See, when you're all in, you pick up right away when the Spirit of God is moving. Your, your heart is very sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. When you're not all in, you can have revival breaking out right in front of you, and you won't even realize it. And, and honestly, the only person that's suffering from that is the person that's not all in. Jesus wants us all in. More because of what it does for us than what it does for him. He knows what life is like when we're all in. Are you listening? Yes. Now, look at the goodness of God. Because remember, Romans tells us it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, right? Even the people that were in the mixed multitude. Now, if we were there, we might not have been able to go, oh, that one's one of them. That one's one of them. Yeah, that one over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one, yeah, definitely. That's one of the mixed multitude. <laughs> it's not like they had a badge. And so God in his mercy, you realize this mixed multitude is with them the whole time. But the mixed multitude was also there on the spot when the Red Sea split. Mm -hmm. The mixed multitude was, was also there and got to experience when Pharaoh and all his armies were drowned. Yeah. Okay, so look at the mercy of God. You could be not all in yet, and yet still God's going to still bless you. Amen. That's why, have you ever been puzzled? Like, you know somebody, and all of a sudden, man, they backslide like on steroids. I mean, they, they, they not only go back to their old life, they go worse, go back to worse than what their old life is. And you still see God bless them. And you go, this ain't fair. Have you ever had it happen? I know I've had it happen. Have you ever had it happen when you're on a, in a day in your life where you deserve to go to hell? And God blesses you when you go, oh, can you wait till tomorrow or a couple of days from now so it wouldn't feel so bad that I acted like the biggest jerk in the world and you still blessed me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I think a whole lot more people should be raising their hands right now. But look at the mercy of God. We would think, okay, well, they're not living right. The ground's going to open up and swallow them. And they turn around and get a promotion on the job. And they call you up and you're like, I've said that to myself, man, they better thank God. I'm not God. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Look at the mercy of God. His goodness. Even though their hearts weren't 100% for him, they still saw the deliverance of God. They're, they're, they're among the ones who go out in the morning and pick up the manna 
which is, which is symbolic of God's grace. They were there when Moses and, and, and the armies of Israel, Joshua, when they defeated their enemies, they're there watching this. Yet their hearts weren't 100%. God's mercy is always flowing towards us Amen. with the goal in mind of drawing us to himself and drawing us closer. We see it. We see it in Jesus' life. We see it. See, people doubting him, and yet they still get miracles. From the cross, he forgives all of his, his persecutors, his tormentors. Forgave, he even forgave the religious people who should have known this is the one that we've been waiting for Amen. all these thousands of years. The mercy of God. So what I'm saying is this, and please receive this from my heart. Do not become deceived to think I can continue doing this because after all, God is still blessing me. Don't do it. Don't do it. And this is the greatest time of year right now for us to just like, God, I want a fresh start. God, I want you to come in and do all the work that you need to do in me. Father, perfect those things that concern me. Last week we talked about that portion of scripture from the book of Ezekiel. Because all in is where we don't, how can I word this? When you're all in, the blessing of God is the relationship that we have with him, not things. Things are nice. Like I said, things are good. How many people like things? Come on, who are you kidding? How many people like things? How many like to be blessed? God, I mean, I could stand here tonight for the next couple of days and just give you story after story, incident after incident. Yeah, it's nice when the blessings come. It's nice when they come. But the people heading towards the promised land, they experienced the things, but they were missing out on the relationship. One, there's one scripture in the book of Psalms, I believe it is. Gosh, I wish I would have wrote it down. <laughs> but this is what it says. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. The Israelites knew God's hands, but Moses knew God's face. Amen. What would you rather have? I'd rather have that face to face. He said, I don't talk to others like I talk to Moses. Moses, I talk face to face. Because if you, if you had that kind of relationship face-to-face with God, you're going to have everything you need. But if you're only going after what the hands can produce, you miss out on the relationship, miss out on that intimacy, miss out on that, 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 that beauty and that richness of living in that secret place with God. That's where everything has to come from. I started to say this in the beginning when we were talking about uh, one of the reasons why we need to be all in is because of other people who are lost. Right. Yeah. You know, everything, everything, 
everything that God wants to do through us has to come out of that secret place. You're going to be able to minister to individuals out of the overflow of your relationship with God. Amen. That's, in fact, that's all we can really do, is minister out of the overflow. That's why it's so important for us to really be seeking God's face. And I don't mean that in a religious way. I mean that seek him in that secret place, and I can't build your secret place, and you can't build mine. You have to do it. It's something very personal. It's something very intimate. It's something very special. You have to search that out. Please do. Because you see, in the secret place, I'm going to be teaching in depth on this in a few weeks from now. In this secret place is where you pick up the overflow. In the secret place is where you pick up the miraculous. In the secret place is where you get protection. In the secret place is where you get instruction that's clear. In the secret place is where you find out who you really are in Christ. It's in the secret place. You listening to me? David understood this. As much as he messed up in life, he, he knew the power of the secret place. And God said, this is a man after my own heart. Why? Because of the secret place. When he did mess up, when he did screw up, when he wasn't living all in, he was wise enough and sensitive enough to not run from God, but to run to God. Go read Psalm 51. Quick to repent. Quick to repent. Okay, these are some of the things that guarantee us that we're going to stay all in. We can't stay all in if we're entertaining stuff that we just keep, you know, not wanting to acknowledge to God. You don't think he knows already? Yeah. Are we getting anything tonight? Yeah. So in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel experiences a vision. And, and really, this whole thing starts in chapter 40. It's, it's long. It would take us weeks to go through it. Maybe in the future, if the Holy Spirit says to do it, we'll do it. But the, this whole incident starts in chapter 40. And by the time we come to chapter 47, we see now that this man who, I don't know why it's not capitalized, it's probably the Lord Jesus Christ himself or an angel, okay? Uh, messenger from God, okay? Uh, you realize that that's more proper to call them messengers. We, we get this thing with angels and right away everybody's got to have wings and flowy gowns and all this other stuff. Um, if you look in the book of Ezekiel and study how Ezekiel describes angels, they would scare you. They're freaky. Eyes all over the place. And so the messenger, did you just capitalize that? I thought we just had a Holy Ghost. So when the man... Went out to the east. Remember, always the east, east. Where's, where's Jesus coming from? Where's he going to be? In the east. You'll see him. Okay. When the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. And we talked about last week, he's like 500 feet. And he brought me, Ezekiel himself, to water up to my ankles. Now, we don't have to drag this out, do we? It goes from the ankles to the knees to the waist. And then it becomes a river that cannot be crossed, but you must swim in. That's all in. You and I don't want to live just in the ankle water. You and I don't want to live just in the knee-deep water. You and I don't want to live in just a way. We want to flow 
with God. Amen? Are you listening tonight? We want to flow with him. Amen? We know him. We hear his voice. The voice of a stranger we won't follow. So we want to flow. A number of years ago, we would have the congregation say something like this. Repeat after me. I know and I flow. You know, the Bible tells us you have an unction on the inside of you that tells you all things, the Holy Ghost himself. We hear from him. We hear, turn to somebody and say, we hear from him. We hear from him. Uh, no, no, turn to somebody else and say, no, we hear from him. Because some of you have been entertaining the lie that, well, maybe he talks to the Pastor Beth and maybe he talks to Pastor Joy and, and certainly talks to Mindy, but I don't know if, he's gonna, if he'll talk to me. No. If you are born again, the Spirit of God lives in you, you are his sheep. And Jesus said a statement of fact, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say if you do this, it'll happen. If you do that, it'll happen. If maybe once you're old enough or maybe once you've read a bunch of the Bible or maybe if you prayed enough. No, he said, my, come on, come on. My sheep hear my voice. So we want to be all in because we don't want him to just be speaking to us and us be so cluttered and distracted that we don't hear him. Because when we hear him, then he gives us direction. He gives us instruction. So we know and we flow. We know and we flow. You got the greater one living inside you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells where? In us. In us. Are you listening? Yes. Some of you are like, not so sure yet. So, verse 9 of that same chapter, chapter 47, Ezekiel 47, verse 9. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river go, rivers go, rivers, rivers, tributaries, each one of us has that river of life in us. Amen. Every one of us is a tributary of that big river that comes out of the throne of God. Amen? Amen? So wherever the rivers go, we'll live. We bring life. There will be a very great multitude of fish. That always represents uh, the lost, okay, the harvest. Because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. And you got that river inside you. You got that river inside you. I said you got that river inside you. You're not getting it. That river is inside you. So, all in is where we experience the fullness of the blessing of God, which is eternal life. Zoe life. The life of God that we experience here on earth, okay? And that life of God you have in you. Are there subtitles underneath me that I'm not aware of? (laughs) You have the life of God in you. Man, I wish I had a couple of musicians I could pull up here right now. Oh, God, rain is here. Someday we need to teach you guys a song that we used to sing years ago. I got the life of God in me. 
I got the life of God in me. I have his love, his nature, and his ability. See, when we sang those things, those songs, those promises of God, those facts of the kingdom, you start feeding your spirit the truth of God. You listening to me? Why do you think the commercials always have a song attached to them? They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Some of us in this room grow up, grew up singing the Oscar Mayer Wiener song. <laughs> for a stupid hot dog. <laughs> I got the life of God in me. I got the life of God in me. I have his love, his nature, and his ability. I got the life of God in me. Then we used to add on, Satan, I command you in the name of the Lord to pick up your weapons and flee. For the Lord has given me authority to march all over thee. You listening to me? Those things are what make you and help you to stay all in. Because when the devil's trying to make you feel like you're powerless and you remember on the inside, I got the life of God in me. I got the life of God in me. I have his love, his nature, and his ability. You listening to me? How are you going to hold on to that all in? By the words of your mouth. You're going to speak what God says about you. Oh, but pastor, man, what a day I had today. Speak what God said about you. Man, the devil's been all over my house, all over my finances, all over my marriage. All over. You're going to speak what God says about the situation. You remember Jesus taught the disciples this principle. When they came to him and said, teach us how to pray, because they saw, because he was all in, he got answers. So they came to him and said, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And he taught that prayer. And the whole motive for that prayer and goal of that prayer is found in that one phrase, on earth as it is. Why do we pray? So we change something that's on earth to make it more like it's in heaven. Why bother praying? On earth as it is in heaven. You listening? We want all in. We want to live on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, I came to bring them life and life more abundantly. Amen. Super abundance. You listening? Yes. All in. Now, here's the problem with a lot of Christians. Of course, maybe nobody in here tonight. They really don't understand what it means to have eternal life. Jay, could you put that little blurb up there about eternal life? Eternal life is not just living forever. Everybody lives forever. You understand that when a person dies that has rejected Christ, they don't disappear. They don't say, I know there's a whole group of people that teach that, but it's false. There is no extermination everybody lives forever 
someplace. And listen, it starts here. In fact, if you don't step into eternal life while you're in this body, you ain't going to step into it in return when, when you leave. It has to happen here. I'm looking for another one, Jay. Here, let me go to John, John chapter 3, verse 36. I'm trying to cram in as much as possible in the next five minutes. John 3.36, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. See, we're all born with the wrath of God abiding on us. We have to do something to get out from underneath it. Isn't it? Isn't, you don't have to do anything to go to hell. You just have to be born. And like I've described it in the past, it's like this giant conveyor belt that everybody's heading in the same direction. But the Spirit of God calls out to them. Get off the conveyor belt. You don't have to go there. You don't have to spend eternity separated from God. You don't have to spend eternity tormented. And, and we, we receive eternal life here. Here. He who has the Son has life. Here. Say that with me. Here. You have to experience eternal life here first before you could ever experience it in eternity. But the problem is most people don't understand what it means to have eternal life. Otherwise, they would be all in. Eternal life speaks about knowing the Father and in order to really know the Father, like we talked about before, we've got to step out from among the mixed multitude, the partially committed. If you find in your heart that you qualify for this, those who are in this for what they can get from God. John 17, 3, this is eternal life that they may know you. He's talking to the Father the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And again, the word know there speaks of intimacy instead of just mere intellectual knowledge. Forgiveness of sins is not the goal. Hear me out before you leave here tonight and go, man, the guy's a heretic. Forgiveness of sins is not the only goal. It's not, it's not, the, it's not what salvation is all about. Salvation is about experiencing eternal life here. Amen. Jesus died for the sins of the world, yes? yes? So in a very real sense, everybody's sins are already forgiven, they just don't know it. That's why it's extremely important for us to, to let people know, hey, Jesus died for us. He already paid for our sins. What a horrible nightmare for somebody to end up in hell when their sins were already paid for and forgiven. Now we need to receive that. That's why in, in, in Gospel John chapter 1 and verse 12, it tells us that many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Amen? Amen. We receive that. But do we understand that we don't just receive a part of eternal life here? We receive the fullness of what God has to offer his life, his abundant life. We become representatives of his kingdom and, and he invested in us 
all that we need as far as authority, all that we need as far as empowerment, all that we need to overcome the difficulties of this life. And John wrote, and this is the victory that we have and we've, we've experienced. This is the victory that we have access to, even our faith. There's a big difference. I'm going to wrap this up tonight because I feel like I, 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 we, I think we got it. There's a big difference between living like the mixed multitude and living all in. And I pray that we would, all of us, I'm I'm even speaking to myself, that we would all get rid of everything that might be holding us back. Get rid of every, like it says in Hebrews, kick over every obstacle. Okay. That we would get rid of all of this junk that is cluttering our lives so that we would experience being all in. Because the quality of life all in doesn't compare. Excuse me. Living like a mixed multitude does not compare to the quality of life that those that are all in experience. Now listen to me. Have enough honesty, transparency. We don't receive anything from God until we become transparent and vulnerable. Okay? Have enough common sense to take this message. Because you see, when you hear a message like this, you also have the opportunity to get offended. And I pray that none of us, none of, none of, nobody here tonight has taken that opportunity. But have enough common sense that when we leave this place, that you will get before God. That you will get into a secret place with him. And say, Lord, are there things in my life that look more like the mixed multitude than somebody who's all in? Please deal with me. Holy Spirit, deal with me. Word of God, deal with me. Because God will use the word sometimes to show us like, man, you're really off here. Okay? These next, let's put it this way. From this point into the future until we either leave this earth because we take our last breath or Jesus comes back, we have to be all in. Because let me tell you something, okay? The devil is all in in what he wants to accomplish. You and I need to be all in. You listening? Why don't you stand up? I'm going to step out here. And listen, we all love each other. We're all here to kind of support each other. If there's somebody here, because I just heard this on the inside. If there's somebody here tonight say, that you're saying on the inside, Pastor, I don't want to wait until I get out of here. I want to take care of that now. I want, I want to pray with somebody now. I want God to start working on me now. I know this takes courage, but if that's you, I don't want to miss an opportunity here. If that's you, would you come out of your seat, please, and come up here? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Pastor Beth, Mindy, Pastor Joya, Barb. Anybody else? We're not playing religious games tonight. It's not about look at me, look at me. It's genuine. I want God to start working on my life now. Now. Hallelujah. Bill, could you come up here, please, and help us pray? Raina, Martin. Could you just move up here, please? Wow. Anybody else? Let me just give you a hint. If you're not familiar with this, if your heart's beating out of your chest, it's you. (laughs) Not that we don't need to look at those things, but please, if you feel like God's pulling on you tonight, please, please, please don't walk out of here without responding because you will be establishing a negative track record in your life. You'll be establishing a track record of disobedience rather than a track record of obedience. Anybody else? Praise God. Okay. You're dismissed. Thank you.